0: Uh, Welcome aboard my fellow Americans, Uh, Malcolm at 8, welcome into the voice of a nation. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about the American experiment is being tested. It was a theme throughout the uh, the weekend on Viewpoint. And, uh, you know, the two biggest challenges we have, really, uh, and we we know what they are. I mean, one of them is going to be immigration, the borders, what's taking place and the um, you know, whatever you want to call it, the country is not going to look the same. And it's changing rapidly. Uh, this is uh, one of the biggest crises we have in our lifetimes. Never have we seen a situation like this. And, you know, it's not a border problem. Again, I tell you, and I continue to repeat that uh, this is a problem that is going to, impi- in fact, well, look at all the blue cities, the mayors, and look at all the governors that are up in arms. They don't know what to do. And they're having a real struggle with their ideology and following the the Marxist left, or, or, you know, off the edge of the cliff, or uh, you know, having the uh, courage. Uh, you could use a lot of adjectives there, but uh, the courage. Uh, to talk, not only talk, because talk is cheap at the end of the day, I, you know, but taking action, doing something about it. And that's what's that is what it's going to come back to is the states are going to have to uh, really speak a little louder now and put the federal government back in its place. Uh, that, that's been an notch- overarching theme. So, on the viewpoint on the weekend, uh, Senator Ron Johnson made a very interesting statement. I want to reflect on you. And I quote his words. He said, Joe Biden's open border. Policies are by design, it's a multi-million dollar business for some of the most evil people on this earth. Human trafficking, child trafficking, terrorist, drug smuggling. That's a quote from the senator. And as we addressed, it's uh, between that and our national debt and the crises we're taking economically, these are the two one, two. These issues are going to have a major impact on the election in 2024, no matter what. You, you, you're you not going to be able to hide these kinds of crises. They're, they're just not possible to hide, friends. And I'm not sure how all that ballot harvesting business is going to work in the light of day, frankly. So I'm a little more optimistic coming into 2024. I know a lot of you listening and many of our people are not optimistic about that and believe that it's a, it's a sure uh, deal, but I, I don't think so. I think a lot of this criminality is out in the light of day, and uh, I think Americans are paying attention now more than they ever have, especially since their their liberties are being uh, uprooted uh, by the moment here. There are a lot of problems when you talk about the border exactly. One of the ways the Biden administration has gotten around it is uh, moving things to the ports of entry. You've been hearing about these apps. In fact, one of the things I noticed, and I chuckled about it when I seen it, is that A lot of the migrants were complaining about the apps and complaining about the process. Now, you have to remember, these are invited guests, really. They're invited through the Biden administration. And I connected that dot when I seen some of the stories about how they were complaining about the apps not working properly or that they didn't do justice for what it didn't um, address their needs entirely. Again, keep in mind, a lot of these people look at this as as an invitation. They look at us as an invitation into our nation and they and they just I, I really think a lot of them believe we're not being good host for the guests. They think they're guests. I think a lot of people are under that a, a assumption, actually, because it's the message the Biden administration has put out throughout the world. Uh, and, and this draws to a bigger narrative here uh, because there's something more at play that has taken place here, uh, clearly in our nation. Now, there's not enough talk being done about the drugs as well. I mean, you have to look at some of these numbers here now, friends. So more Americans have gotten in the last 23 years of drug poisoning than in all combat losses combined since 1775. We're losing generations of kids and young people, and they don't even know what's happening because things are being laced with this fentanyl, and it, and it's all by design. It's intentional. And a lot of these drugs are coming from China and other parts of the world as well. So there's a bigger picture. In fact, you see, there was a proposed bill that uh, Georgia Republican uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG, of course, uh, she's saying 300 Americans are murdered every day by fentanyl. It's the leading killer of young people, 1834 in America. And so she's introduced an amendment to H.R. 467. And listen to this now. This is eye opening. It will give the death penalty to criminals who intentionally or knowingly import fentanyl across our southern border. Wow. That's, you know, I guess if you want to teach people a lesson, that's one way to go about it. But you know the other side of the aisle is not going to stand for that for a hot moment. That's where the conflict comes in right there, you know. All of this immigration economically is, it's costing massive amounts of money. Who's paying for all this, you know? Well, you know who's paying for it, people. <laughs> look, look in your wallet. Take it out of your back pocket and take a look at it. huh? Who's paying for this? I mean, think about all this: the planes, the trains, the automobiles. Where, where's where's uh, that actor, uh, Candy? When you need them, right? And 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 don't forget mules to get people across here. So we're talking about 5 million known and about 6 million unknown. The numbers they're using about 11,000 illegal aliens from Africa, Venezuela, the Middle East, China, Taiwan, South Africa, Russia, Pluto, Mars, Venus, Jupiter. Good golly, they're coming from everywhere. I don't know how many countries or planets they're coming from, but they sure are coming back to this invitation, you see, that they have from the administration. Uh, And so... People are up in arms, clearly. Americans are losing their country. This has got to be a massive issue coming into 2024, you know. So the state of Texas, you know, you've got to feel for a lot of these governors and these people that are, they just don't know what to do. They're putting them on trains, planes, automobiles, mules, or anything else they can do and sending them in other parts of the country. And they're only getting a smidgen of it. They're getting 1% of nothing. I mean, really, compared to what the border states are dealing with. And it's it's uh, it's kind of a uh, ongoing joke because these blue city uh, mayors and governors, they're they're complaining a lot. They don't like it. They're starting to get a little out loud themselves about it. But again, do they have the courage to stand in the face of headwinds or do they continue to follow the ideology off the edge of the cliff? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Right. And we sort of know what that answer always is. I don't know how much is too much. How much is too much? You know, when is enough? I wonder that all the time. You know, now, the state of Texas filed a suit May twenty third, Texas versus Mayorkas. Now, this guy is about as evil as they could be, and frankly, I, I, you know, we hear a lot about impeach this guy, impeach that. You know how many impeachment trials we could have right about now? I mean, where do you start? Where do you end? How many people do you impeach in the administration? Huh. Can we just? Impeach the administration and be done with it. Is there a is there a, a ruling for that somehow, people? Let's just impeach the whole damn administration. It's got to be yeah. Uh, it's got to be some sort of ruin we can pull out of the hat, can't we? You're all impeached. Leave, and we'll bust and plane and mule them the hell out of there. It would be a smart way to start it potentially. Yeah, but there, there's so many. Yeah, you know, I don't even know why impeachment has a start. To get. This guy is. He's the evil guy there with the finger, the little finger in his, uh, you know, mouth, mouth there. You know who I'm speaking about, right? That's him, Myarcus. You can just see how evil he is. And um, but the state of Texas is arguing that this whole thing is unlawful. Yeah, you think so? Unconstitutional? <laughs> I wonder. And unenforceable. Of course, it's unenforceable. It's it's made to fail. It's it's all made to fail, people. There, there's what's the what's the upside of this? What's, what's the upside of this? Anybody have any idea what the upside of this is? I mean, what's the upside of any of these policies? What, what is it? What's the upside of of, of the debt ceiling and the, the upside of our uh, economics? Uh, bankrupting bankrupt and for the kids and the grandkids. What's the upside of that, I wonder? Yeah. What's the, think? Let's think about it in those terms a minute. What is the upside? What is it? Is there an upside here? Oh, well, you got that Statue of Liberty in the harbor there with the with the tablet there, you know, what the hell does that mean? You know, it doesn't mean anything. It was never designed for that. People not know what the Statue of Liberty is there for. It's not at all what it means, you know. So there there's uh, you know, we talk a fair amount about uh, the bad cats coming over the border, the potential of the drugs, the potential of the terrorist and all of this. You know, and if, if anybody wants to do harm to our country, I mean, there's a lot of hypotheticals you could play out here, frankly, you know? I mean, and you just have to think through the scenarios. And as I said to the senator on the weekend, I am absolutely sure as I am, there's a feeling in my gut, my my soul that tells me there's a price to pay for all this. You You haven't paid the price yet, my fellow Americans, but there is going to be a price to pay for every bit of this. I don't know whose watch it's happening on, but I can promise you this problem is not going to go away. And everybody who just pushes this under the carpet and thinks it doesn't matter. Any of these countries you want to get even with us, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Pick your poison, whether they're Martians on, on Pluto, Plutonians or Chinese or Russians or Jihad. or I, It doesn't matter. People from the, uh, the Amazon rainforest, whatever they are. They're all, anybody has an invitation right now, compliments of the Biden administration to come into the country, right? And if anybody wants to do harm or invade the country or do anything, how do you think they do it? Do you think they're coming through the front door? Hmm. So how much compassion do you have now? Doesn't compassion start at home? And there's another component of this I want to talk about a little bit too, a little bit later in the program, and that is the impact of this on the 2024 election. I mean, and the only ones that we talk about immigration policy, Trump has been I mean, let's face it, he ran in 2016 on this border business and caught a lot of hell for it. Clearly, uh, in the way he part and parsed his words uh, that people took them and ran with them. But Trump is pledging an executive order on day one of of his presidency to end birthright citizenship for all illegal aliens in birth tourism. Uh, This is quite a statement. Uh, and right now, the numbers that are being born, they're coming over in droves, they're all pregnant. I mean, everybody's pregnant. We'll talk about that as well, the impact of the 2024 election, Donald Trump, and then also Ron DeSantis, who has his hands on a lot of this immigration stuff in the state of Florida as well. And that's the one too, that are leading the, uh, the, the ever grown group there for the GOP. Uh, so we'll pick all that up as well, friends. We'll take a quick pause now and we'll join you just on the other side here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com.
2: Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
0: Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, my fellow Americans, uh, to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Aloud here, yours truly, and uh, thanks for joining us on the mission here. These are the one-two issues I think that are going to uh, be front and center for the American people: uh, the growing debt and the economic crisis that is taking place in our nation. Uh, Certainly, uh, pocketbook issues, uh, this sort of thing, uh, inflation, uh, these are things that matter. And this immigration debacle that is changing the landscape of our nation, not to mention the economic part of that problem as well. As I say, both of those issues, everybody listening to the program here can take out their wallet or pocketbook and look at it because you bet. It's going to impact every single one of you. Uh, That's why people have to uh, vote with their wallet, I guess, would be the best way to say it, and and vote with their heart and compassion for this country and nation that it is here. Let's start off here and uh, bring on Andrew Arthur joins me. And Now, what I like about Art is he's a former immigration judge, and now he's the resident fellow in law and policy for the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS, They are magnificent. Uh, They are in Washington, D.C., and they're a research institute, basically. And Art, welcome to the Voice of a Nation, sir. It's a privilege to have you here, brother.
1: Thank you so much for having me today, Malcolm.
0: So I start off with these statements that um, Senator Johnson made. He's very concerned with what's taking place. There's a lot of our, some of the folks who get it, not a lot, but there is a, we do have some good people out there, Art, that are fighting the good fight, and Senator Johnson is one of those people. And, you know, he he said some very interesting things on the broadcast in the weekend. We had a very interesting conversation. And, uh, uh, you know, and he, he said, you know, when talking to young people today, he said, I ask them to seek the truth, understand what's happening, and jealously guard your freedom. In other words, we take too much for granted today uh, is what he's suggesting. And he's trying to point that out to the young generations. This is not the time to take things for granted. But when he references the open point I spoke about in the monologue art, the human traffic, the ch- child trafficking, the terrorism, drug smuggling, the open border policy. He says it's by design. Now, th- 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 we'll get right into the whole uh, port entry in just a sec. But just speak. this is this is interesting. He says it's by design. He says it's a multi-million dollar business for some of the most evil people on this earth. What was the senator? What do you think he's really referencing? What do you get out of that quote?
1: Well, you know, first, I, I have to speak to Senator Johnson's, uh, you know, character. Uh, and if you ever go to Capitol Hill, uh, you'll hear him referred to as Ron John. And we we call him Ron John, uh, you know, partially because it's an abbreviation of his name, but, you know, partially out of affection. And this has been an issue that Senator Johnson has, you know, been focused on for more than 10 years. It wasn't that long ago, in fact, it was, you know, under the Obama administration when President Obama would actually talk about the dangers uh, that, you know, the smugglers pose to the migrants and about the amount of money that's involved and about all the downstream effects of illegal smuggling. And in fact, Barack Obama sent his vice president, one Joe Biden to Guatemala City in June of 2014 to warn parents across uh, Central America not to send their children to the United States. He said that, you know, Hmm. the smugglers are very bad, not nice people. That's a direct quote from uh, the then vice president and talked about the dangers that they would be subject to physical harm and sexual abuse during that journey to the United States. President Obama and the Obama administration understood that the smugglers are people Who are predators? Uh, The criminal predation that takes place during that smuggling journey to the United States is awful. And yet, for some reason, that same vice president, now that he's president, it's largely ignored uh, the dangers that smugglers pose uh, to the migrants, to the countries through which they cross into the United States. The Biden administration has shifted over to a policy of allowing every Foreign national, again, regardless of where they're from—from from Bermuda to Bhutan—to uh, come to the United States illegally and apply for asylum. Now that doesn't. There's a difference, and you'll hear the Biden administration talking about, you know, coming, uh, coming, seeking asylum. But we're still going to use Title Eight, and you know, they're still going to be subject to removal. All of that, Malcolm, is a canard, and the Biden administration knows it's a canard. They've created up what they've created what we call in the law an attractive nuisance to draw those migrants to the United States. By in invitation,
0: control. like I said, Art, yeah. by
1: invitation. By invitation. And it's all done deliberately. And they know the harms that are going to happen. And they know the effect that that's going to have on towns and cities across the United States. They just don't care.
0: Well, hold on now. Let's keep going. This is wonderful what you say there. Um, and which plays to Johnson's quote, the senator about by design, because in all these programs, as you're right. there It's but we're being taken down by design, too, it appears. Again, what's the underlying mission here? What do they really want to do? Here's the thing. One of the things I've noticed, Art, is from the beginning of the Biden administration, they've been very careful. It's been very calculated. Everything is like, to me, It's like been like a Broadway play. And I remember when all those masses of people were underneath the bridges and the highways and hiding them in the fields and hiding them. I mean, it was unbelievable. never seen anything like it. And everything, anytime they seen something happen and they wouldn't allow the cameras in, they were moving. Things. It was kind of a shift in narrative all the time. And they were trying to hide things accordingly. Now, that brings me right now to your article about shifting again to the ports of entry and what's taking place. And let's get to the crux of this. This is really important because you have a, a wonderful uh, article on this at uh, CIS. And um, you say here a federal judge has referred to the administration's border policy as an overarching non-detention policy. And then you say this, you say the president is attempting to funnel those migrants into the country and hide the resultant disaster from the public, which is my point. They've done that from the beginning and they continue to do it. That raises the question how Biden is releasing tens of thousands of such migrants monthly through the ports because it's not legal. So. Let's now bring listeners up to date because in that piece, the port of venture, you talk about a lot of the smoke and mirrors that's playing on. We've clearly got isolated here at this point. Biden is doing all of this by design. And he continue, he doesn't want the cameras on the problem. They're still trying to deflect from the real problem, and they're hoping that the vast majority of America is still asleep Art. The question is, can they pull it off? And how long do they pull it off? I think it's got to come to the light of day between now and 2024, but tell us about this port of entry, the shift in this and the app they're using uh, and all of that.
1: Sure, and you know, it's it's interesting because uh, it wasn't in that article, but I've quoted it since then. Ashley Moody, who is the Attorney General of Florida, Ron DeSantis' Attorney General, he uh, referred to Governor DeSantis earlier, Uh, has called this a game of whack-a-mole that the uh, Biden administration is playing at the southwest border to release these migrants into the United States. So, you know, when the numbers were, you know, started to get really high in the early days of the Biden administration, President Biden said that was just a seasonal shift. We see it every year. When that continued, they then blamed COVID and, you know, COVID shutdowns and economic uh, problems uh, throughout the world for the migration uh, increase. Then they started blaming corruption, poverty, and violence abroad as you know, as if those issues never existed before mm-hmm. uh, for driving this migrant surge. But the judge in question, the one to whom you refer, uh, Judge T. Kent Wetherell of uh, the Northern District of Florida, mm-hmm. said no, it's none of those factors. The Biden administration's non-detention policies have created a flashing come in. We were open sign at the southwest border. Now, Judge Weatherell actually shut down uh, a significant portion of those releases when he stopped the Biden administration in that order that he issued March 8th in uh, Florida versus United States from releasing about 90,000 people a month into the United States, illegal migrants into the United States on what's called parole. So, the Biden administration has had to scramble around and come up with a new uh, way that it's going to do exactly what you're saying continue that, you know, to move all those folks into the United States, but do it away from the prying eyes of the public. And what they came up with, and this was announced in a press release on January the 5th from the White House, was allowing foreign nationals, third country nationals in Mexico, central and northern Mexico to use what's called the CBP One app. In fact, its trademark, CBP Customs and Border Protection created this app back in October of 2020 to facilitate legitimate travelers to the United States. So if you had a load of lettuce that was coming up from Mexico, you could schedule an appointment to show up at the port so that you could get through the port more quickly and you could avoid transmitting COVID back and forth between the truck driver and the inspector at the port. That'd make perfect sense. But in that January 5th press release, the Biden administration announced that that same CBP-1 app, which again has been in place since October 2020 for legitimate travelers, is now going to be accessible by would-be illegal migrants in Mexico. They can make an appointment at a port of entry, show up, uh, and ask to be let into the United States. Now, you've traveled abroad, I'm sure most or many of your listeners have traveled abroad, and you know that if you want to get into a foreign country, you have to have a passport, you have to have a visa to get into that country. If you don't, they're going to turn you around. None of those people who are showing up at the ports of entry using that CBP-1 app Mm -hmm. are you know, coming with the documents that they need to be admitted to the United States. I know that the Biden administration knows that, but the Biden administration treats this entire uh, process as somehow lawful. In fact, in the January 5th press release, they referred to aliens seeking to enter the United States lawfully, knowing that that's not true. But this has actually, you know, snowed a lot of people in the press, a number of people on Capitol Hill, and most you know, ordinary Americans. We assume that if people are coming to the ports of entry and they're coming through the ports of entry, I'm going to give you a very important statistic. Fox News reported a few weeks back, 99 percent of all the migrants who show up using the CBP-1 app at the ports of entry without documents are allowed into the United States. Wow. And they're using that 20,000, there are 20,000 appointment slots a month. They're going to bump that up to 40,000 appointment slots a month, which means that about a half million people are going to use this system to come into the United States. So they can't
0: process them fast enough, Art, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. And in fact, for what it's worth, Malcolm, it's probably going to slow down legitimate travelers, legitimate commerce, you know, all those vegetables, all those fruits that are coming, uh, you know, up from the uh, southern border, Mm -hmm. all the stuff coming down from Canada. It's going to slow that process up just so that they can deal with this huge mass of people that the Biden administration, you talk about an invitation. This is a literal invitation. You sign up online. They send you an invitation to show up at the port. This is an electronic invite to the United States. Yeah, yeah. And none of it's legal. Uh, you know, none of this is authorized. How do they get away
0: with it then, Art? How's it happening? I mean, what's the pushback? What's the, these are the lawsuits we're talking about, right?
1: It's it's the lawsuit that you're talking about. So, you know, as I noted, Florida, Governor DeSantis, Attorney General uh, Moody, managed to shut down part of the release process for migrants who are coming illegally. The Biden administration's now shifted over to this port scheme, as I call it. And the state of Texas has stepped up and they're suing in a case called Texas versus Mayorkas, again, the same Mayorkas that you referred to earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, to stop this, to shut it down. Because again, Malcolm, none of this is authorized by the law. All of it sort of looks like the law, but it's not the law. And this isn't even, you know, honoring the law and the breach. This is simply abusing lawful processes to move a half million people into the United States a year.
0: As bad as it is, and as bad as you just explained it perfectly, Art, why at this point aren't more people acting like Senator Johnson? Why, I mean, this is really, I mean, and as you just say right now, it's totally unlawful, it's illegal, it's wrong, it's on every, and yet they're doing it. Why aren't there more uh, people right at the press conferences, microphone, get on the steps of the Capitol and really put this in the face where, in other words, you can't ignore the problem if they did that, because right now, the media in this country, they ignore everything to support this leftist progressivism agenda that is destroying our nation. So why aren't more do you think people speaking loudly on this thing?
1: Well, because it's extremely complicated. uh, And, you know,
0: well, let them listen to this damn program. Then you just broke it down pretty simple five minutes ago.
1: Yeah, and, you know, kudos to you, Malcolm, and I truly mean that for taking on this subject because, you know, this is sort of a complicated thing, but it's very easy to think about it if you put it in the terms uh, in the context of a baseball game. You know, there's a baseball game being held, the Orioles are playing the Red Sox, and, you know, you don't have a ticket, but you show up at the stadium, and you show up at the turnstile, you know, just like a person who has a ticket, and you demand to be let in. That's exactly what's going on. Only the Biden administration's taken that one step further. And they're like, everybody who shows up with a ticket, so long as they schedule an appointment to show up at the turnstile, we're going to let them in. So that's really what this is. But it's a complicated issue. And the Biden administration keeps calling it legal and lawful uh, and, you know, saying that what they're doing is fine. And so people, you know, will accept what their government tells them up to a point. Texas isn't doing that. Florida didn't do that because they know it's not legal. It's a complicated issue. Right. But again, you know, as you and I, quite frankly, you broke it down artfully at the outset mm-hmm. to explain why none of this is legal. But, you know, people need to wrap their minds around it. Need to understand what's going on, but soon, Malcolm. Again, going to an earlier point that you made, yeah. we're going to feel the fiscal effects of this. You know, in every town and city in the United States, oh, God. you know, we're going to have to raise yeah. property taxes. We're going to have to raise sales taxes because most of those people who are coming. Don't have many skills, uh, you know, and you know most of them don't have any money. We're going to have to provide for all of those people. Yeah, I mean the we're decimation
0: the- of our quality of life is what you're speaking about now, Art. It's being decimated, but that's even Art. Listen to this now. That's even if we get there. Here's here's the thing. Now, I, I, I just not to be a smart guy here, but what we're talking about is very important economically. It's one of the biggest things about immigration that people need to open up their eyes and understand. But that's even if we get there. Because right now, put the drugs aside, put the economics aside. As I said to Senator on the weekend, I have a very bad sinking feeling right now with the number of Chinese nationals that are coming up with the number of terrorists that are now, we know, we it's documented. We know they're there. Now, you know full well, Art, there are so many that are unreported. That number could be, oh, God only knows, sky high. We have no idea because there's so much of that border's exposed. Uh, but we're... We are inviting this trouble right now, but that's even if we get there economically. I have a feeling there's going to be a... We're setting ourselves up for something catastrophic. And I just... I feel it. I can feel it in my soul, Art, And I don't say this. I don't play in theories and thoughts. And people... We've exposed... This problem is being exposed all over the planet. They even know about this on other planets, as I said, up front in the talking points, for God's sakes. I mean... And so do you
1: know what i'm saying i mean we're- yeah no i know exactly what you're saying and you know let me uh you know just speak briefly to some of the other roles that i played in the federal government I was the chief terrorist prosecutor for the former INS, and I wow. held that role up until six weeks before September 11th. I was very concerned. I had exactly the same feelings that you have right now, mm. that we weren't doing enough and that, you know, something else had to be done. So I went, that's when I went over to Congress the first time, and I was oversight counsel for immigration on September 11th. And, you know, uh, our committee and myself personally, you know, helped the 9-11 Commission examined what had happened and look at everything that had occurred. Uh, And, you know, then when I came back to government, I was the staff director for the National Security uh, Subcommittee at House Oversight, again, dealing very much in these issues uh, in these terms. But I go back to the 9-11 report, and there's a key uh, uh, passage in that report in which they say, in the years leading up to September 11th, border security was not considered to be a component of national security. And, you know, you can go through that. You can, you know, they, they, they talk about everything that people discussed. In fact, I don't know whether you realize this or not, but you're channeling the 9-11 report because they said, look, people talked about drugs and they talked about the effects that, you know, all of these, uh, you know, illegal aliens were going to have on the economy, but they didn't talk about the national security aspects of that. And that was wrong. And that was one of the things that they wanted to fix. To me, that's
0: the first thing that's it to me in my mind. That's the first thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, that was a bipartisan commission, uh, you know, that, reach those conclusions we've forgotten every one of those lessons so again this is going to be your second kudo uh you know kudos to you for bringing that up um and you know here's the hardest part you know i was you know jeremiah or cassandra or whoever however you want to put it the first time i don't want to be right the second time but every day that passes i become more and more convinced that this is a national security vulnerability that is going to have very dire consequences for yeah. the United States.
0: It's the biggest one. And that's exactly it, Art. I just dire consequences. Just listeners, hear the voice and those words that art says there. Dire consequences. Oh man. And that's that's what I'm worried about, Art, right there. And I I can feel it coming. And I just um I'm unsettled. I guess this conversation really unsettles me, would be the best way I'd say it, Art. It, it just yeah. leaves me such a sinking feeling. I I just know there's going to be death and destruction. And I, I'm trying to understand how I can help stop it or do something about it. But I, I really feel that um, it's invited. It's These bad cats are out to get America. They're going to do it. And they're going to succeed to some great... It's, it Whatever's going to happen, I just have a feeling it could pale 9-11. It could really do some damage to the nation.
1: Yeah, but I'm just going to try now, you know, boost yeah. the tone a little bit, because there are states out there. There are states like Florida. Yeah. Uh, there are states like Texas. Uh, there are we are doing enough,
0: t- though? Are we doing enough?
1: They are going toe-to-toe with the Biden administration. In fact, there is a case that's going to be issued by the Supreme Court before July the 1st. Uh, that one's called Texas versus United States that is going to, Uh, settled the issue of how far the Biden administration can go in not enforcing the immigration law. So it's important to to underscore the fact that, you know, there are governors out there. In fact, I was in Texas, I was in El Paso on May 11th, the day that uh, Title 42 lifted. And I went down to the border and there were Texas state troopers lined up with uh, Texas National Guard along that border been a show of force to keep people out of yeah. the United States. Now the Biden administration is saying, well, look, you know, title 42 went away and, you know, we haven't had the search. Yeah. You haven't had that search because, you know, men and women, state troopers from, you know, Amarillo and Abilene are being sent down to the border to secure the border and do the job the Biden administration. Should well, do. you know,
0: thank you. And the way you made that uh, U-turn there, I really like, but let me now one-up you as well. <laughs> I think on the good front actually. And that is uh, speak about these uh, twenty-three or so states now. Uh, the coalition against the uh, the, the administration Biden uh, on the unlawful immigration policy. The attorney generals now and the states are coming together, which is really where the power has got to be. Uh, talk about that, please.
1: Yeah, no, and you know it's important to understand that in our constitutional system, in order to go into a federal court, you have to have what we what we call standing. You have to show that you've been adversely affected by some government policy and that, uh, you know, you actually have uh, a solution to that policy uh, that the federal government isn't following. And so they're using those states are using their standing authority to go into court and to argue each of the points uh, that we just talked about, that this isn't lawful, that this is you know, more or less a shell game. It's like a game of three card Monty being played on uh, a street corner in New York. Mm -hmm. And that none of this is authorized under the Immigration and Nationality Act. And that, in fact, it is having very adverse effects on states from, you know, as far away as Idaho and Montana. Mm -hmm. And thus far, the states have been winning those cases and forcing the Biden administration to do what you described earlier, constantly shift, In its efforts to move people into the United States. But, you know, as you you also alluded to, the final decision is going to be made by the voters in 2024. If they like what's going on, if they want to continue this policy, they're going to vote a certain way. If they don't, they're going to vote the other way. And I think more and more people, as I look at the opinion polls are going to vote the other way because they are increasingly concerned. Right, just what about those
0: say. people who say, and I, I'm just curious what your opinion is, a guy that follows the, the political pile here pretty quick here, but uh, what about everybody? A lot of Republicans are, are very uh, down on the election process and they say, ah, no, they're just going to steal an election. And, I mean, I mean, as I stated, all of this is kind of out in the bright sunlight at this point. I don't know how much ballot harvest one can do uh, to really overtake this momentum at this point. But do you do you see that as a, you know, you know what I'm asking? As a real problem coming into 2024? Do you think that uh, the power of the people is going to have to be heard this time?
1: Yeah, the power of the people will be heard. Now, you know, yeah. there's always a certain level of. Cheating, if that's the term that you want to use in any election, you know, and if you don't vote, if you're disheartened or disheartened, you're, you know, and you don't show up, you will lose. But the enemy, regardless of what your political stance is, uh, you know, if you're a Republican, the enemy is not the Democrats. If you're a Democrat, the enemy is not the Republicans. That's right. That's right. The enemy is despair. Yeah. If you despair at the way that the system works and you're yeah. convinced that nothing you do can make it better, yeah. you will lose. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. one thing I want to tell you, tell your listeners, yeah. and I say this all the time, right. don't despair. You know, have hope and vote.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I'll tell you, 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 the way you just explain all that, Art, and every time I have you, I mean... You know, you're thinking on a lot of this stuff, I, you know, it just aligns so much with the way I think about these things. And I also don't fall into the camp that they're going to be able to keep stealing elections or like you just said, whatever word you want to use. So I think I think too many Republicans get too trite on that. You're saying, you know, the, oh, stealing or fraud or whatever. we got to be careful, just like I, I don't like it when a lot of Republicans keep using the word Democrats. And I tell them, yeah, if you want to build a big tent, you want to just keep putting Democrats in your titles and pissing the whole party off, go ahead and do it, but you're not going to win. I mean, how about you call them leftist progressivism, Marxism over there? They're not, there's a lot of Democrats still looking for some good policy, uh, independents, moderates, left of center. You know, so I, I kind of want to build a, I want to attract people
1: in. I don't want to irritate people so they will push them all the way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we look at our nation's heroes And we look at the people that we admire in politics and a lot of them, you know, are members of the same parties as we are. But, you know, there are a lot of good people. And the, the, the best part of the eight years that I spent on Capitol Hill is that, you know, some of my best friends were, you know, I was a Republican staffer. Some of my best friends were Democrats and on a one on one level and even with their bosses. We could actually get things done with the American people. We need yeah. to return to that now. Oh my god! We need golly. to get back to, oh, wow. you know, understanding this isn't a Democrat yeah. or a, a Republican no, issue. No, it's an no.
0: American issue. Oh my golly! Yeah, you're speaking my uh, my language there, brother. But that's exactly the way I believe. Real fast, in the moments we have, it's two two passages. I need to get with you. There's, we'd never have enough time here. But um, it, there's always a lot of talk about impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. But uh, sincerely, just real. What's a short answer for? Even if it's just for the cameras at this point to get even, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but this Mayorkas character, why haven't they moved on that sincerely? Just even if it's for the cameras, why haven't they moved on that?
1: Well, there's actually a certain level of questioning as to whether you can impeach uh, a government official who hasn't actually committed a crime, you know, whether simple non-performance of duties is sufficient to impeach, I but, I will, but I will note that in the Supreme Court argument in Texas versus United States that I alluded to before, okay. uh, Justice Kavanaugh was talking to the Solicitor General of the United States, the attorney for the Biden administration, and said, well, you know, if we, the court can't get relief, what could what else could be done? Yeah. And the Solicitor General said, well, they could use the power of the purse and restrain funding and things like that, which actually invited Kavanaugh to say, well, what about impeachment? So, yeah, I mean, this is something that even Supreme Court justices are thinking about. Uh, And again, you know, if you replace Alejandro Mayorkas, you're probably going to get somebody who is the same. If You know, I thought of that. Alejandro Mayorkas. I'm not saying it's going to fix the problem. I'm just saying, which I didn't say that to you, but I did think
0: that. You know, sometimes you have to play the smoke and mirrors game back for the publicity for the camera, you know. Absolutely.
1: Uh, But it's more than just smoke and mirrors in this, uh, uh, this idea, because you actually will bring to the attention of the American people all of these things (laughs) that are supposed to happen that aren't happening. Exactly. That the Biden administration is not doing. Well, that's my
0: point. CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, they're not going to be able to avoid
1: that story with an
0: impeachment or whatever the hell you want to call it. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And that's how. You, that's how you have to break. There's more than one way to slice this thing up. Is all I'm saying. Last point I got to ask you here that you make, and I, I just, I just need to get a some summation for you on this because you. And I'm going to cover this in the next segment. You say this: Republicans are struggling to make their border security case to the American people and are thus at risk of blowing one of the best arguments against a second Biden term. I subscribe to the theory, as I said to Senator Johnson, there are two major issues. This is one of them, I believe, that do decide 2024. Speak about that statement there. Uh, what what are they doing? Or They're struggling to make the case, you say, uh, and the risk of blowing it. Well, explain that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there is a very good story for, you know, primarily House Republicans to make about what's going on at the southwest border. They need to make that case. You look at the opinion polls. This is a winning issue for the Republicans, but they're failing to break through to the American people. They need to do exactly what we're talking about, possibly have that impeachment proceeding. It's going to be televised. People will talk about it and people will realize what's going on. But if they don't do that, and if, you know, one of the major candidates, as you said, both DeSantis and Trump. Are making border issues front and center in their campaigns. I think as we get closer to 2024, it's going to become more salient. But this is a winning issue for the Republicans. They've just failed to really break through. Most Americans don't even know that last year, more than 2.2 million people were apprehended entering illegally. They think it's around 250,000, right, maybe 100,000. Right, right. So yeah, they really need to make those points. They need to get through to the American.
0: So you're saying get more aggressive is what you're saying, brother. they got to get more aggressive, right?
1: Yeah. But it, you know, not aggression for, you know, aggression purpose and just, no, 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 you know, no. scream and, and pound your yeah. feet or pound the <laughs> rostrum. Get the facts of the American people bring in these government officials ask them the hard questions and you know force them to give you the answers they yeah, don't want to yeah
0: yeah you uh my, my friend you are such a, uh, a an amazing a wise voice and an a, a amazing voice for today's issues and you know i love your background even when you connected the dots on the terrorism piece and your background of that and all aren't you've been around some of these problems and so you have a great way of words and putting it out there and uh, boy i'll tell you we really appreciate you brother
1: Malcolm, thank you so much uh, for having me and all the best to your your listeners. And please don't despair.
0: Yeah, no, we won't despair and stay close by. We'll have you back here uh, very shortly. But you're always on the front lines of these things. CIS.org, friends, is the site there. More Voice of a Nation in just a moment
2: millions of Americans
0: are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
1: Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's CofixRX.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at CofixRX.com.
0: Well, that should surely give you something to think about, my friends. And uh, what a uh, what an amazing um, conversation with Andrew Arthur Art, affectionately known as Art, and uh, speaks from the heart, passion, uh, but by, by design. By design. And, but, you know, we can talk about these problems as civilized uh, people in uh, talking about civilized people. Let's bring on now Daniel Baranowski joins me. And, um, Daniel is first and foremost, he's a, a political student of the game of uh, politics. Wow. That says plenty right there, Daniel. And uh, his retired healthcare <laughs> management and policy instructor at the Harvard University School of Public Health, the Frankly Daniel show. 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Saturday, Sunday on the network here. Proud to call him my brother and friend here. And uh, very passionate about immigration. You've been, Daniel, all the way through. You're also one of our producers for this. Let me tell people, I'm starting to bring some of the more of our faces that are working in the backdrop. And Daniel is one of those as well. That working with hand in hand here, arm in arm. Couldn't do it without people like Daniel here. It's amazing. Uh, Daniel, we just heard um, Andrew Arthur, who is in the trenches of all of this, constantly back and forth to the border. I mean, these people at CIS are doing an unbelievable job. Uh, We talk about that statement about struggling to make the case. I want you to dive right now, please, so we, we we don't need to rehash what we already talked about, but let's get into Trump and DeSantis, the policies, 2024, the difference of those policies, and how this
2: is going to impact the 2024 election. You know, illegal immigration has finally, within the last 60 days, become the second most important issue to the American voting public. And that's important to the Republican Party because there's only examples, as as you've just uh, produced here, of getting this message out. And so it's not a widely known message. But what's happening is that the everyday Americans beginning to see how this immigration is affecting them personally. And you know, why it's becoming such, it's going to become a huge uh issue for this coming election. You know, San Diego County just reported they have to make accommodations for 100,000 new migrant children in their school system. Wow. They're going to have to, they've got property taxes are going up. Parents are already complaining that there's 14 new kids in my student's class or my child's class that they're Spanish speaking. And it's that's all wonderful. We welcome them. But our property taxes are going up. Uh, You know, you can't book a hotel room in New York or Boston or whatever. There's an
0: economic point to this. I continue to say to people, but there's also other points about it as well. Oh, speak about uh, Trump's uh, pledge, his executive order on his first day of presidency.
2: I alluded to that to listeners Uh, and to our about birthright citizenship. Talk about that. Please. Right. This is a very interesting topic and you know, one that had escaped me during uh, Trump's first uh, term. Right. Um, he did talk about birthright uh, 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 citizenship and his concern about, you know, uh, birth tourism, where we had people flying in, they'd stay here in these hotels and stuff and have their child here, and they would become an automatic American citizen. This time around, Trump has come right out and said on his first day, he will sign an executive order to outlaw birthright uh, immigration or anchor babies. And so these people that are coming across the border, having their child here, they're immediately granted citizenship. Then the parents use that to ladder up into their own citizenship because their child's here as a citizen. And you have to say, well, how big of a problem is that really? Well, in 2022, just last year, there's over 400,000 anchor babies born to illegal alien migrants in America. Wow. And the year before, it was 350,000. And, you know, you'd say, well, how, how real is that? Well, in 2017, the General Accounting Office reported there were 4.5 million anchor babies living in the U.S. Wow. under the age of 18. So these are so, the babies. These are just
0: the babies. These are yeah. The, right. These are the. These ain't even the the headcount that had the babies, right? No. Are, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and that's no. the, the cost. You know, ninety nine percent of the cost for all of these births has been on Medicaid and on compensated care. Right. Right. And so then hospitals are raising the. So you have all those kinds of problems, but Trump has the most extensive set of policies. So positions. what's he saying? He wants to send them all back. He's saying, well, he he wants to say if you come here and have your child. You know, we eventually will catch up with you, but your child uh, is not a citizen, and you're not going to be a citizen either. Now, that's, you know, let's talk, ke- hold
0: on now, slow down. That's going to be a hard point to push, though, isn't it, Daniel? To, yes, I mean, the, uh, very hard. Leftism is never going to let that fly. They, no, they, and they
2: legal, legally, it's a big question because although everyone cites the 14th Amendment, which basically says, which was enacted right after the Civil War, in order to citizenize all of the slaves at the time. And so they were all naturalized with when the passage of the 14th Amendment. But people have come to to understand that if you're born here, you are a citizen, regardless of who your parentage is. Right. So... It, that's going to be a big obstacle. Well, that's they're using Isn't the it? system.
0: It's trickery. It's all oh, trickery, and they're absolutely. using the system in in a way that Trump is pointing. Out. Now, now, what about DeSantis? What? How does his
2: policies? Differ for, or or do they? I don't. Do they well, differ than Trump or the same? They do in in some important ways. He's not going to get into this birth uh, tourism or anchor babies okay. and stuff like that. He'll he'll let Trump make make those arguments and get that information out. Because but you know you don't want to be associated with your your. Anytime you bring up babies, that's really not a very positive way to run your campaign.
0: But the census he, is more politically correct, isn't he? Than yeah, Trump. And yeah. That's what you're saying in, in a nutshell. But
2: he's just as hard about. In fact, he has just passed the strongest anti-illegal immigration legislation in the country. And that's one of the reasons he got on the race late is because he wanted to finish the legislative session to get the, to finish all those items that he knew he wanted in law. But it Speaking you know, of DeSantis instance, now, DeSantis. The DeSantis there's right. no sanctuary cities in Florida by law. Okay. Uh, the law bans governments and 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 you know uh, not non-governmental organizations like Catholic charities or from issuing ident- identification cards. Yeah. It, it invalidates all out-of-state driver's license. So if you got a driver's license in New York and you're driving here in Florida and they pull you over, right. you, you've got problems as an illegal a- alien. It doesn't matter if you have got. A license from someplace else. And he's really blocked in this E-Verify for employment. Mm -hmm. And so employers are at great risk for third degree felonies and heavy fines if they don't E-Verify whoever they're hiring. Yeah. I haven't
0: haven't heard a lot of the other
2: candidates yet speak about uh, immigration. Have you? Have you? No, yes, I have. But but the rest of them, you know, it depends. I mean, uh, Tim Scott's all on, on hope and, and and those kinds of things. Vicki Haley, the other day in the CNN town hall... <clears throat> came out and, and spoke to uh, immigration but she was very defined and it is what most people would say on the first day I'm going to call out the National Guard and we're going to secure the border and then I'm not going to do catch and release I'm going to go uh, catch and deport and so you have statements like that but you know they're, they're, those are all nice sounding and nice sound bites and, and you know they're, they're stumbling but as far as immigration stuff, policy they're, they're nothing uh, nobody uh, has between the, the, the Santis and right. Uh, now I haven't seen Pence's stuff. You know, he's yeah. someone who's in government, obviously, for quite some time, and he may come out with something that's very similar yeah. to, to what Trump has got. But Trump's got the most extensive, and DeSantis knows this is an issue coming from Florida. Mm-hmm. We have nearly, uh, you know, uh, a million people here yeah. that we know are, are recently mm-hmm. uh, illegal aliens, and so. It has become a big problem. And now you're getting these puff pieces, Malcolm, mm-hmm. in, in the uh, Tampa Bay Times and these other newspapers, and they're picking out these individuals who are saying, oh, I came here illegally six years ago and I'm in school. I graduated from high school and I'm working toward my law degree and I really wanted to live here, but now I'm going to have to leave Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, Florida also came out in, uh, with the law that says you can no longer uh, practice law mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah, if you're an undocumented uh, do, immigrant.
0: do they do they do the article? Does the guy ever do the article that says I, I killed two people and sliced three necks no. and I really want to no. live here? Do they? They don't do the article, do
2: they? Daniel? Not whatsoever. <laughs> and and and, and DeSantis has been just as popular yeah. with his mig- immigration yeah. uh, stuff as he's been with everything else in on the cultural issues. But this is more than just a cultural issue. We know we're being erased. You know, as a good way to put it, it it you know, the thing they're trying to erase our identity. But one of the other things I wanted to sort of touch on, Malcolm, that occurred to me earlier today, you know, the the second largest population in the country are Hispanics. And the people that are really getting shafted into this as we go further down the road is black lives are going to matter a lot less going forward. Black population has not grown in this country. Hispanics have. Right. And, you know, th- all of this ringing in of illegal uh, migrants that are also taking jobs away from these populations. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that the DeSantis knew in Florida, and Trump knows this too, he has to really cut off this business uh, about all these people needing to work and they're going to fill all these positions yeah. that yeah. Uh, nobody else you know- wants.
0: You and know, are, you, you talk with the Hispanics, too. We'll have to follow back up on that, because as I'm reading a lot of things, too, about the fact that uh, many of the Hispanics are turned off of the Democrat policies, however. Oh, so, absolutely.
2: So no, the, kind of the, ironic. The, the legal uh, yeah. residents here are the American citizens. I mean, most there's all, you know, the, the biggest portion of all of the Hispanics yeah. in the country are legal. They are they're American citizens. They always were American. Their parents were mm-hmm. and, and the like. They don't like any of this because there's so much negative baggage that's coming with it right. and uh and and so there, there's a, a big hullabaloo about about all of that but yeah, uh yeah, yeah. no well, it, it,
0: yeah th- all th- right th- Daniel we're all right out of time here uh, but um uh what a fascinating conversation uh, to, to say the least we can't fit it all in into into the our friends um that's Daniel Baranowski there, uh Andrew author um Listen, it comes back to action, as I always say to you, you know, get involved, get loud. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> I think you know what it means now, right? You've got to get involved in the process. You have to vote. You have to get loud to let the good prevail, let the out loud truth prevail. Um, yeah, this can be done still, as ladies and gentlemen, as I say all the time, uh, to be sure. Uh, Senator Johnson, uh, his final quote, when talking to young people, I ask them to seek the truth, understand what's happening, and jealously guard your freedom. Those are some very, very important words. I see that sort of a quote that reminds me of Ronald Reagan, something he would say, you know, and, and he did. And talking about freedom as a generation away from extinction. In fact, uh, you know, I remember having that quote. In fact, here it is. It's uh, on the front. I had it on uh, AmericaOutloud.com. Uh, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same wow i should say plenty to all of us here friends and that's the problem with this whole conversation of immigration here a lot of work to do here uh, ahead, friends let's get the out loud truth out there from sea to shine and see it's all back at americaoutloud.com as always thank you for joining me on the journey here it's time to get involved and get loud america